Thanks, mate. <laughs> awesome. Well, bless you guys. You can be seated. I've just got to get my leg to grow. Somehow there's some static electricity in the air. It's probably all the, you know, the, the power and, and the anointing. I like to think so. It is. It is. It's true. Hallelujah. Well, it's great to, uh, to be here this morning. And uh, so good already, an amazing uh, time of worship, amazing time, uh, dedicating babies to the Lord. Uh, who, who thinks it's a, good, it's a good day to be alive? Okay, most of us, all right, well, the other, the other, the other few is like, you'll, you'll catch up. But, uh, but just, you know, this morning, uh, just felt like the Lord was, was really starting to stir something uh, in the atmosphere, and even uh, with the new doors on, and we do want to thank, uh, thank Peter for, for doing that. Um, I had to actually bring the doors in from outside to, to the inside, and uh, Sarah said, do you want me to come with you? I was like, no, no, the guy said, you know, you know anyone can just lift them. So I said, no, nah, it should be fine. So I get to lift these doors, and it's like, oh, <clears throat> they must be stuck on something. And I'm going, oh, no, they're not stuck. <laughs> these are heavy doors. And so I just had to get all my strength together and bring them in one by one. But I tell you what, they, there's something about the doors and the gates and everything like that we've been speaking about this year. And I felt like, you know, there's a significant point where we're getting rid of the old doors, the old you know, way in. So we're putting a brand new way in, brand new doors. And I feel like that was significant, uh, what is even happening here the, for, the, for the very first day. Uh, as we uh, hear on Sunday. And I uh, just, just was reminded it is uh, Palm Sunday as well. This is a time where Jesus came into Jerusalem uh, as, a, as that triumphant uh, Savior coming into Jerusalem. And, uh, and everyone was waving you know, those, those uh, palm leaves and, and branches and saying, Hosanna to the, to the Lord. And so I feel like you know, this is something where, where we even came through those doors this morning. There is a triumphantness about this, that we are coming into the place on, on uh, Palm Sunday as a new, a, a new door that we entered in, a new way we entered in this morning. The, the, uh, the entrance has been widened. Come on. So it's not just, well, yeah, we got some new doors and a wall. Okay, there's something, I'm not looking at every spiritual aspect of what is going on here, but sometimes the Lord just alerts you to some things. So, so even for you here this morning, that you can start to get, get a hold of, there's a new entrance this morning. God is positioning you at new doors. He's not just getting you to stand at them. He, he's already opening those ones. And as you heard, this, heard uh, the, the word of the Lord this year, that God has got some, some mega doors being opened, some major doors being opened. And I believe... Uh, what we just entered into here this morning that is just, you know, first the natural, then the spiritual. So God is saying, get ready. I'm not just positioning, I'm not just getting you to that place, but I'm getting you through because I'm going to open up those new doors. Amen. So there's something fresh and new about that as God brings, uh, even this, this time we celebrate Palm Sunday, coming into Jerusalem in that, on that triumphantness uh, about Him. We too have come into a new place. There's a new triumphant uh, uh, spirit about us as we come in. So this morning I want to share this message, the very first time I've ever shared this, uh, and it's called Get Back to Your Future. And uh, yeah, sometimes you wonder, it's like, well, why do we have to go back? And you'll, you'll understand. It's a little bit of a play on words, but I feel like God has been speaking to me about bringing this, this word here this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 28, and we're going to look at verse 10 first. 
Father, right now, we thank you for your anointing. We thank you that this is a day that you have made. We are going to rejoice in it. We are going to honor you. We worship you. We praise you. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit to be with us this morning. Open up our eyes, our ears, and our spirit right now to hear what you are saying to your church. And Lord, we thank you. We, just, we come against every uh, part of the enemy right now that's going to try and stop the word from going forward. And we thank you, Lord. Open ears to hear the revelation that you have here this morning in Jesus' name. Okay, so we're here, we've got here Genesis 28. We see here, it says in verse 10, Jacob left Beersheba and set out to Haran. And when he reached a certain place, let's just stop there for a minute. Because when I read that, I laughed. When, when, when Jacob reached a certain place, and it's like, I know that place. You know that place. We've all been to that place. It's a certain place. It's not the place you want to be. It's, it's you're coming from one place into another place, and it seems like you've got to go through this certain place. And, you know, you don't even want to know where you're at. You don't even know, want to know where it is. You don't even know, want to know what the place is called. It's just a certain place because you know you're only passing through. Come on. Anyone else been to that place? It's like, you know, you, you, you loved you know, Bathsheba. That was a great place. And you're going to Haran. You've already got your sights set on there. But you've got to go through a certain place to get to there. So you're not really interested in the certain place. Come on. But you he see here, it says it's in between where we want to be. And then it goes on and it says, And he stopped for the night because the sun had set. He'd actually walked or, or on his donkey for about 60 k's. So it was like it was a fair day's walk a four, or fair day's ride. And he comes to this place. He was tired. It says taking, it must have been so tired. It says he took one of these stones that were there and he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Now, I don't know whether you've actually done anything like this, but these rocks are pretty hard, okay? They're, they're, they're not soft rocks. They're rocks. And so he must have been so tired, he just put it down there, and it's like he laid down on a bank. He's out, he's out like, like a light. So he starts, it says here, then he had a dream. He starts to dream in which he saw a stairway. There was a ladder, that he saw in this dream. And it says, resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And it says, the angels of God were ascending and descending. They were going up, they were coming down, they were, they were going both ways. It was like, you know, when one come down, the other one went up. There's, there's all this traffic that was going on. Incredible dream that Jacob's having here. And then it says, there above the ladder, it says, stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord just in case you didn't know. <laughs> I like that. It's like, there was a Lord, and he said, I am the Lord. So, you know, you got no mistake. Okay, that was, that was God. He says, I'm the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac, and I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. Pretty well everywhere. All peoples. Uh, that was amazing when I read that. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Offspring. Every person on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. What an incredible blessing. What an incredible word. What an incredible dream. All peoples. 
And then verse 15 says, I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. So key part of this dream, I will bring you back to this land. We can remember that. It says, I will never leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And then it says, verse 16, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. I was unaware. The Lord was in this place and he was unaware of it. And then it goes on and it says here, he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? How awesome is this place? He says, this is none other than the house of God. This is something special. This encounter or this dream that he has was so real that he says, the Lord was in this place. The Lord was in my dream. There was something about this. It wasn't just a dream. You know how sometimes the dreams you have, you wake up and you think, man, was that a dream or was that real? Because it's like, the things that you have encountered during that dream felt so real, you wake up and you just make sure that it was just a dream. You know, sometimes you, you wake up and you think you're going to the toilet. And it's like, you just have to check. Whew, <laughs> it was just a dream. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about those ones who are re they're real dreams. <laughs> If you get anything this morning, no, you don't. <laughs> but you probably remember that. So it says here, it says that he didn't even know it, that the Lord was there. And it says that, I don't even know where I'm at now, early the next morning. <laughs> uh, here we go. Okay, yes. This, this is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Here we see that word gate again or doorway. There's something about the church being the doorway to heaven. There's something about an access that God has with his church that he wants the angelic activity, that he wants there to be a spiritualness about this thing. It's not just a dead, boring place. It's not just where we come. Well, we have just a couple of songs this morning and hear a word and then we go back home. No, there's something more. And see, God says, I had to show Jacob here in a dream. God sometimes has to show us in a dream. Sometimes he has to open up our eyes to the spiritual realm to see really what is going on here. It's not just a lovely gathering of, of beautiful people. There's something else that's going on here. You are powerful. There's something that when one gets together, one can put a thousand, two, ten thousand. There's something about the anointing. There's something about the coming together when we see an, an accumul accumulation of anointings, an accumulation of, of people going the same direction in the same way. We're, we're believing God. We're seeing things. We're you know, so, so iron sharpening iron, there's all sorts of things going on here. That's the, that's the church. That's a place where we get together, where we start to see angels ascending and descending. Come on. Things going on in the spiritual realm that we've got no idea of. And like Jacob, sometimes we can be totally unaware, but the Lord was in this place. How could you be unaware of God being in a place? Obviously you can if you're not focused or, or, or you're not tuned in to the spiritual realm, you can miss what God is wanting you to see. So many times in the Bible we see that. 
God was showing something, you know, to the person. It's like they got no idea what they, what's going on. But God had to open up their spiritual eyes. All of a sudden, they saw it. See, we're not, we don't just go by our normal sight. We just don't go by that. We go by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. But God's opening up our spiritual eyes, start to see into spiritual things. And I tell you what, that's probably more real than we see than we see in the natural. So here we see early the next morning, Jacob took that stone that he placed up under his head and he set, set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on it and he called that place Bethel. See, it used to be called Luz, Luz which is something to do with some you know, uh, fruit tree or nut tree. It was a nut tree. Now, now instead of a nut tree or something to do with nuts, it's now the house of God. See, I believe that God's starting to call us to a place that we are changing the atmosphere because I believe that God starts to show us in the, in the Old Testament. He says, he says the Old Testament is written as an example to us. Those things they had to go through in the natural. Now we're doing that in the spiritual realm. We're, wrestling, we're not wrestling flesh and blood, but spiritual principalities and powers. We're talking about starting to, to, to go into the land. How else we do that? It's not even a, a natural thing. But first we've got to start to push back the enemy. We're singing these songs this morning about throwing the pushing the, the mountain out of the way. See, God's talking about getting to that point of spiritual uh, uh, strength, the spiritual uh, anointing upon us so that we can come against any of these things in the spiritual realm that are coming against us, that are resisting, and we can say, get out of the way. We can push them out of the way, and we say, we're coming through here. So you, are, you have authority over these things. And so now we can say, this used to be a nutty place, but now it's the place of God. It's the house of God. Okay? No more nuts. All right? <laughs> so Jacob made a vow, and he said, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey that I'm taking and will give me food to eat and some pretty cool clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I've set up as a pillar will be the house of God or God's house and all that you have will give to me, I will then give you a tenth. And now this was, this was very interesting, even here. So he, he, he says, if you will be my God, if you'll watch over me, if you'll do all these things, then I will accept you and I will then be the same. I'll, I'll serve you whatever you want to do. And everything you give to me, I'll give you a tenth. This was before any of the, 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 the commandments. This was before any of those things. This was before the law. So some people are saying, well, you know, we're tithing is under the law and all this. This is before the law. Come on. So, so it's, it's a hard attitude. See, it's, it's, not, it's not rigid. You must. You've got to. You, it's a hard attitude. When God has got your heart, he's got your wallet. He's got everything. And so we're more generous than just giving him a tenth. We're giving more. We're, 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 we, we want to bless. We want to encourage. We want to see others break through. We want more so we can bless others more. So this is all part of what God's doing. So then, so then okay, so he has this amazing encounter with God. And I would have thought that he would have, he would have stayed there. Because, wouldn't, I mean, I'm just thinking about this even just for real. You have this incredible, you're on your way to do something, but you have this incredible encounter with God that, that is unbelievable. 
that, that, that God was even in that place. You didn't even know it. You saw all these amazing things. God speaks to you an amazing prophetic word about you and about your descendants, about giving you the land, about every person on earth going to be blessed through you and through your descendants. That, who knows? That would have been a pretty good place to stop. Anyone agree? Would have been a pretty good place because you just look at that place. It's like amazing. Imagine having another dream and another dream and another dream and, and finding out that, hey, sooner or later, this is not actually a dream. This is real. But you know what? He's on a journey. Why? Because he's after a woman. And as a man, it's like nothing gets in your way when you're trying to find the wife. I hear that. I hear that. Amen from Dan. <laughs> he has found his wife. <laughs> so, so I, I I sort of understood a little bit why he didn't stay for that encounter because it's like even though this is great, this is amazing, unbelievable, but there was other things on his mind that he had to fulfill. He was on his way to get his wife, and of course we know the story. He ends up at Laban's place, his uncle, and uh, Laban uh, tricks him into staying longer and changes his wages all these times and everything goes on. But you've got to remember that Jacob isn't, isn't a little squeaky clean boy. I mean, he's, he's, he's deceived, he's robbed, he's stolen, he's done all sorts of things. So see, what you, what you sow, you'll also reap. So what, is re- what Jacob is reaping now is everything that he's sown. But he's after, yes, that's right, Zara. So, uh, Savannah. So what's happened is here, we start to look at, okay, he's on this journey, he's, he's got his wife, now finally everything's working out. But, look, but, but after this, he finally, it's like he gets married, he wrestles with God, he finally makes peace with his brother Esau. But what happened, it's like he's ticked everything else off, but he's forgotten God. He's forgotten the Lord. See, we can get so caught up with our journey, so caught up with everything else, and we can tick the boxes off. Yep, done that. Yep, whoa. But we can actually forget God, forget the encounter that we had. Now, I'm not saying that we need to always relive the encounter, but, but uh, someone was saying, I think it was Sarah, Pastor Sarah was saying here this morning, about, about we need to remember the times that God broke through. We need to remember the times that, that, God, that a miracle happened there. No other way could this have happened. This has to be the hand of God. We can remember those times. We don't have to go back and relive them, but we can remember them. And I believe here for Jacob that God says, I'm going to bring you back to this land. I think he forgot about it. He got so caught up with all these things that were going on. He'd forgotten God. He allowed his family to worship all sorts of idols. He's not really going anywhere. He seems to be stuck in a rut, just going round and round in circles. But I love what God does. He brings him another word. See, when you get stuck, God has another word for you. When you're going around in circles, God has another word. Because he's saying, this is not what I called you to do. You might have you, you got lost along the way. And I feel like this morning is what I, I, the, Lord, the Lord is saying. Well, listen, you could have started off great, but now you've ended up a little bit off course. 
Now what I'm doing is I'm just readjusting the course. I'm bringing you back to where I want you to be. I'm bringing you back to where you had it, to where you, you, you were moving in it, but you just moved off on a little bit of a tangent somewhere. God says, I'm now bringing you back to your future because your future will come out of me. See, sometimes what happens is that we've gone a little bit away. We, we get so good at, at, at God, we don't, have to, we don't have to use Him anymore. We get so good at the anointing. We get, get so good at this and so good at preaching and teaching and, and doing things. We don't trust Him as much as we used to. And God's saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to have faith in me. I want you to come back to me. Because we can all do that. I mean, we did children's church for seven years. And we were so good at it, it was like, oh, my man, we don't even need God. We're just so good at this. It's a, it's a dangerous place to be. But God will always bring a word. He will always say, hey, listen, I see where you're going. It's not a good way. I see what's happening here. This is not good. You really do need me. Don't, don't, leave, don't leave me out. Don't, don't lose this love that you have for me. And so we see here, he receives this prophetic word in Genesis chapter 35 and verse 1 down, uh, down onwards. We see here, it says, Then God said to Jacob, Arise and go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to me, or to God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing. You're running from your brother, remember? <laughs> You're running from your brother and you ran straight into me. And so Jacob said to his household and all that were with him, the very first thing he says, get rid of your idols. Get rid of those things that you've been worshiping, you've been putting up higher than God. Get back to God. Get back to God. You've left God out of this. Maybe they didn't even know God. Maybe he, had, he, he was at that point that, that he didn't even show his family about the Lord. Maybe, who knows? But the very first thing, he says, well, listen, we're, go we're going back to our future. We're going back to what that prophetic word that the Lord spoke to us about, that we were going to be such an influence in the community, not just in the community, but in the world. And he says, we, we've got to do something right now. And Jacob here, he finally takes authority over, over uh, what's going on in his, in his household. Because I believe too. That God has given us that, that ability to be the spiritual gatekeepers. Come on. And so all we see here, we see Jacob says, okay, it's time now. Get rid of all the foreign gods that you have. And he says, purify yourselves and change your clothes. Purify yourselves. That means that now it's time for a cleansing. Now it's time. We're not just giving these things up, but now we're asking for a washing. And now we're asking that we are cleansed. Now we are wanting to have a godly, a, a godly character. Now, come on. This is a time now where God is saying, put away those things that you have put above me, that you have given so much more attention to than you have me. Remember the times that, that you, you first come to me, the first, your first love. Remember that first time. He's saying to Jacob, remember when you had that dream back at Bethel. Remember that place that you had an incredible encounter. And I told you about, I'm going to bring you back one day. You might have forgotten about your prophetic word. You might have forgotten about the promise. You might have got caught up with everything else. But God has not forgotten his promise. God has not he's forgotten his promise over you. 
over your life, over your family's life. He's still got it there. Sometimes we may not remember it, but I tell you what, God has got a good memory. And he says, listen, Jacob, you've done pretty good, okay? You've done awesome. This is great, but I'm bringing you back now because this is not your future. Where you are right now is not your future. Come on. That's what he's saying. Now, to us, what's he saying? Spiritually, sometimes we've gone off on a tangent. He's saying, this is not where you... And this, this is why things aren't working out. I don't know what's going on here. And God's saying, you shouldn't be here. You might have overstayed your welcome. You might, it might have just been for a season that you're in that spiritual place. Now God says, it's time to move. It's time to give up these foreign gods. You've been worshiping some other things, and you haven't given me all of your life, all of your heart. It's time now to get rid of them, cleanse yourself, change your garments. Come on, get rid of the old dirty clothes. Get rid of the old stuff that you, you know, push it, put it off. I, I love what Pastor Bray was talking about here this morning, about mantles being released. And that's the very thing the Lord spoke to me about at the beginning of this year. That he says there's going to be whirlwinds. There's going to be all sorts of things going on around about us. But in the eye of those cyclones, in the eye of these whirlwinds, it's calm. It's still. Why? Because we have a faith in God. We have a trust in God. Everything might be breaking loose and going to hell. But I tell you what, I have a faith in God. And there's a stillness that we can come, a peace in our heart that we know that this is God. But I tell you what, even out of that, where it says that Elisha saw Elijah go up in the, in the, the whirlwind to the Lord. And, it, and he says, he released a mantle. And I believe that there are mantles coming down right now that, that, that you need to grab a hold of. We're swapping mantles. We're changing mantles. There's new mantles now starting to come upon us. But it says, only if you see. That's what Elijah said to Elisha. Elisha asked some pretty big things, and, and Elijah's going, well, I don't know about that. But he said, well, listen, if you see me go up in, in the whirlwind. See, it's, it's about seeing. It's about being focused. There are lots of things that are trying to vie for our attention. But God's saying, listen, if you stay focused, I will, re- I will release mantles. And this mantle was a double portion. Come on, anyone, anyone want a double portion? Everyone thinks, well, a single portion has got me in a lot of trouble. Why do I want double? Because you can do more. Come on. Because you can see more so that you can bless others more. That's what it is. It's not about, oh, just give it to me. No, it's about, God, how can, how can I bless others? Because this is what the promise was. Not, you know, the, all of the families, everyone on earth is going to be blessed through you, Jacob. And, okay, Jacob, as well as your families are going to be a blessing to this world. It's about, it's about generational things. So God is calling us to look generationally down here. Change your clothes. Purify yourself. Then you can come. Then let us arise and come to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God who answered me on that day of my distress. God, listen, if you're in some distress, God wants to answer you. God will answer you in your, in your distress. God will speak to you in your distress. And sometimes it's not what you want to hear. Come on. Sometimes it is what you want to hear. But listen, God will always answer you out of your distress. And it says, uh, and, and who has been with me wherever I have gone. Listen, God, God will be with you. He never forsakes you. He is with you through the good, through the bad. He's with you even when you're taking that wrong turn. And why is he still with you? Because he's saying, I want you to turn around. He's saying you're going the wrong way. 
It's time to get back to your future. It's time to come back to that place where you had something. You had the love. You had the anointing. You had it there. Where, where, where is that place? I'm talking about a spiritual place. It's, 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 you had that there. What, what were you doing then? And so it says here, so he, they gave Jacob all their foreign gods and all the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them all under these, these, this oak tree at Shechem. Then they set out, and it says, Then the terror of God fell on the towns and all around them, so that no one pursued them. It's like they could not have gone with everything that they had unless they had done what Jacob asked them to do first. Get rid of your idols. Get rid of all this stuff. Purify yourself. Change your garments. Then, then we can start to move. Then we can go. See, they, see the enemy wasn't afraid of them before. But all of a sudden, when they're doing everything right, when they're starting to do what the Lord's saying, this is the Word of God. I want you to do this. Get rid of the idols. Get rid of those things that should be putting above me. Get rid of those things that have been taking up too much of your time. So there's some things that we've got to deal with right now. But it says that the enemy wasn't afraid of them then. But once soon, soon, come on, it's only because they did what God asked them to do that the enemy was so afraid that they didn't even go after them. Is the enemy afraid of you? Come on. Or, or are you just, oh man, the enemy, he's stopping me everywhere I go. I don't know what's going on. Well, listen, you've got to get to that point. This is it. Get rid of the foreign idols. I'm not saying that this is going to be for everybody, but you, you can start to grab a hold of what, what is it in my life. If there's something stopping me, if, there's some, if the enemy isn't afraid of me, then something's going on. Listen, the enemy is not at the doorway that, that God has for you to go through. I mean, he is there. Sorry. He is at the doorway. He's not at any of those other doorways you want to go through. It's like you're slipping out the side door. It's like, whoo, devil, you're not even here. Yay. That's because that way he doesn't go anywhere. That's not the right way. He's, he's standing at the door trying to stop you from coming through. So, so what are you doing? It's like, I'm going to go out this way. God says, no, no, go straight through. Go straight through that door. The enemy is not going to stop you. Listen, he's like a toothless lion. He's roaring about. He go, he's like the little dog that we used to have, little Zoe. Like, see this big. And it's like these big Labradors would come at the, at the gate. And they go, roof, roof. And, and this little dog and it'll scare the heck out of these, this Labrador. But it's, I mean, all, all bark and no bite. See, that's what the devil's like. Makes a lot of noise, a lot of commotion. No authority. Toothless lion, get out of my way. Get out of my way. Come on. You're not stopping me. So it says, they set out, the terror of God fell upon the towns. <laughs> Jacob and all the people with him came to lose, it was uh, that place again that, that Jacob had changed the name of in the land of Canaan, and verse 7, there he built an altar and he called that place El Bethel. 
Because it was there that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. And I, and I looked at that and I thought, Jacob, you, you, already, you already changed the name. Did, did you just forget? <laughs> it's like, it was 30 years ago. Okay, you might have just forgotten. But it says that he changed it to El Bethel. And Bethel means the house of God. El Bethel means God of the house. All of a sudden, he comes back to that place. He sees things differently now. He sees things differently. See, God is bringing you back to your future. It's not just about the house, but now it's about the God of the house. We're starting to see it differently now. It's not just about, well, I'm, I, I want to be seen to be serving and all this sort of stuff. No, no, it's not about you. It's about the God of the house. All of a sudden now, our eyes are directed to something different. It might, we, we might have had it there for a season, but we've lost it. Now God says, I'm redirecting your eyes back to me. It's about the God of the house. See, we've got to get back to our future. It's very interesting when you read about the life of, of Jacob because uh, some, some Bible characters, you know, this is, they're, they're there. It's like you hardly know anything about them. But about Jacob's life, we know everything. We know everything he did just about. Good, bad, ugly. We know all these areas. Jacob's life is detailed throughout Scripture. We know about his birth, his youth, his growing up years, his dreams, his aspirations, his deceptions, his old age, and even his death. The Word of God gives us an untouched photo of Jacob's life. He was both good and bad. He was a cheater. He was a liar. He was a deceiver, a schemer. At the same time, we see him wrestling with an angel of God, God pleading for a blessing. And in these Scriptures... This morning, we find him cleansing his household of evil as he prepares to go back to Bethel, back to God, back to his future. He hadn't been back to Bethel for over 30 years where he had that amazing encounter with the Lord that changed his whole life. By that time and distance, had taken their toll and he had wandered away from the Lord and got involved in all sorts of stuff. Now God orders him back. He tells him to go back to the place of the blessing that he had in the past. And as you go back to that place, that will propel you into your future. What God is doing this morning, he's saying, I want you to go back. See, there's not many times where God tells us to go back. Most of the time he says, forget the past. Forget about going backwards. We're going forwards. The only reason that God will tell us to go back, if we've done something wrong, we've got to go back and ask forgiveness. Or we've, gone, we've taken a wrong turn way back. I mean, it's like you know, we, we were going down, the, the, uh, down to Byron Bay, and we, 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 we thought, well, that doesn't look like the turn off, but it was. And then we just had to keep on going. And I think Brad and Sarah were following us. We had to keep on going. We went for miles. There was no, there was no exits. There was nothing. You couldn't even cross over the road. There was nothing for miles. You had to keep on going. And finally we just said, well, there's a police turnaround. It's like, oh, just... Mm -hmm. no, no one here. 
<laughs> we just had to do it. Because we just, otherwise we had to keep on going. See, that's the only reason where God will have you to go back. Because sometimes you've missed a wrong turn. Or you've taken a wrong turn. Or you've missed, this is the way. God will take you back and say, ah, now I'm making things right now. You had it here, you lost it. I'm bringing you back to where you had it. Bethel was an incredible place of dreaming. I believe it's the same thing as what God is doing today. He's releasing dreams and visions that are so amazingly detailed. He's given that to us. He's showing us what He wants us to do. He's showing us, He's giving us not just revelation and ideas and inventions, but He's showing us, He's giving us answers to situations. He's giving us strategies to situations that we are in and maybe others are in. It's an incredible place to come, to have a place of dreaming. The world tells you, stop dreaming. You know, this, is re- this is reality. And God's saying, dream, because I'm showing you out of the spiritual realm how to get into your natural, how to break through, how to push through, giving you your strategies. Bethel was a certain place, again, where God revealed himself to Jacob. God is doing that today, church. It's revealing himself to us. Bethel was also a great place of victory for Jacob. He came upon this place while he was on the run. He deceived his brother and his brother was out to kill him and God met him there. It was here where God confirmed the covenant with him and promised him his presence, his protection and his provision. Bethel was a place of spiritual a spiritual commitment for Jacob because that was where he promised to God, this is what I am going to do. So what does that mean for us today? It means that we've got to get back to our first love. The Lord rebuked the church in Ephesus because they had left their first love. He says to the church there, I love this about you, your strength, your perseverance, all these things, great things, good, 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 yeah. But I have one thing against you, that you have left your first love. You have put things off. You have lost your love for me. Remember the joy and the excitement that you had when you first got saved. I remember the first, when we got saved, the excitement was there. I couldn't wait to go back and tell me footy mates. It's like, oh, I'm a Christian. I give my life to Jesus on the weekend. They weren't really happy. They were thinking, why did you do that? That's crazy. We were having so much fun. And I, I didn't even think about, you know, the fun part. I just think, hey, I'm born again now. We can just still do it, can't we? <laughs> and I realized you can't. You just couldn't. Well, you could, but you didn't want to. And then all of a sudden, things just grew slowly dimmer and dimmer. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, I didn't even want to play football. It's like, but I love football. There's just some things. Now I just want to, I just want to give my life to the Lord. Lord, I've been doing everything my way. And all of a sudden now, God, what do you want me to do? I'm starting to think differently now as back then. And I think that's the same as what God is wanting us to do today. Start to think differently. It's not about us. It's about Him. 
It's not just, it's not just about our environment. It's about God. How can, how can we change our environment? What, what have you got? You've got strategies. You've got plans. As it, as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. So what are you saying up in heaven? So, so I'm, I'm listening my ear. I'm, I'm tuning my ear in. I'm ready for dreams and visions. I tell you what, when you, set, when you position yourself for dreams and visions, God pours them out. I was at a church the other, the other week, and, and uh, the night before, God, God gave me three visions. And it was almost like open-eyed visions. Three visions, boom, 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 all in a row. And as I shared them, it was, like, it was like exactly what the church was going through and what the pastors were going through. I tell you, God is getting, getting ready and he's wanting to, you to start to open up your spiritual eyes so we can start to show you some of these things. The joy and the excitement that we first had, the desire that we wanted to spend so much more time with God and in God's house. We need to get back to Bethel, back to that place, back to your future. So don't, don't fool yourself. Anything that you hold more dear to than the Lord is an idol. And God's saying it's time to put it down. It's time to put it down. It's interesting when I start to think about where it talks about here in Revelation chapter 2, verse 1, about this church in Ephesus, about God saying, I want you to get back to your first love. The New King James puts it, you've departed from your first love. The Amplified puts it, you have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. Consider how far you have fallen. Wow. It says, repent and do the things you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and take the lampstand from your place. I thought about the things that we first did when we first got saved. We had to, we had to, we had to do a lot of different things. Because sometimes you're so entrenched into something, it's really hard to change. All of a sudden, we've been born again. All of a sudden, we start to think different. We, we start to see things different. And, and uh, it wasn't just about me and, and my needs anymore. It was about how can we help? How can we serve? So we said, you know, you might know my story about children's church. I really didn't want to do that. But again, God has ways. And uh, I was in children's church for seven years. So we, ch- we served in children's church as, as leaders. Uh, we went to you know, morning and night Sunday services. We had midweek home group meetings, and some of those we ran ourselves. We, I picketed abortion clinics. Uh, we went up to, to Brisbane, the CBD, street preaching. So I, I gave it a go. It's like, you know, it killed me. I didn't like it. People threw things at you. It's like, this is not what I want, but this is not what I signed up for. But I, I gave it a go. I, I, but, you know, I just knew I wasn't an evangelist. <laughs> but but I, had, I had a go, right? It's like, I'm not just saying you can't do it. I'm just saying I had a go. But, but, but because you're passionate, because you're zealous for God, because, because you love God, you'll just say yes. It's like those people are saying, yeah, we just need street preachers. It's like, oh, is there anyone out there? And it's like, oh, God, no one's putting up their hand. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> and, 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 and see, see you, but, but sometimes it's not, Sometimes God has to deal with stuff inside of you. And he's got to break some things. And it may not be what he wanted you to do uh, you know, forever, but there's some things that you'll learn out of this that'll be good for you. And so sometimes we don't think that that's where we should be going, but God says, oh, that's the way. And, and, and you come over here to get over there. And so God's got these things for us. And so uh, you know, 
uh, helped out. You know, we had Christ uh, for, for the nation and, and of Australia. They were running around the, the nation with a cross. I did a little part of that. Uh, all of this while we were raising children, having children, and, and, uh, and doing it, having a job, nine to five job, Monday to Friday. All these sorts of things. And I look back and I think, man, it's amazing I was still alive doing all these things. But, but what does God say? He says, get back to what you were doing. Get back. See, see you, were, you were too busy for me to get into any trouble. You're too busy you know, for me to get involved with anything I didn't want you to get involved with. So you've got to understand, okay, God, what do you want me to do that may not really fit with you, but it's what he wants you to do. He's wanting us, the very first thing this morning is to get back to him. Get back to him. I look at, at the prodigal son. You know that one, you know, the, it says that, that the, the father had two sons. One of them says, I've, I've had enough. All I want is my part of, you know, the, the inheritance and I'm off. All he wanted to do was to go out and spend it and carry on with debauchery and everything like that. Finally, it says that he come to this far nation and there was a drought and ev- everyone sucked the money out of him. He got nothing left. And then it says, come to his senses. He needed to get back because that's where his future was. That prodigal son knew I got to get back to the father. Because even my father's servants have more than I have. God is getting us to go back. And he says, I will just tell him. Don't even look at me as a, as a son. Just look at me as a servant, and I'll just feed the pigs. I'll just do whatever. But it says, as he was coming, the father was out there, and he sees him afar off. And it, and it, it doesn't say, it's like, yeah, here's this rotten, stinking son of mine. Dirty, rotten scoundrel. He's taken all my money. And, yeah, gone off done all this sort of thing yeah now now he's loving me now he's coming back because he's got nothing left got a sponge on me again i suppose the father didn't say that at all father it says the father ran towards him ran towards him and grabbed him and gave him the biggest hug and then the father says to the servant that was there he says listen Go and get the dirty old rug out the back of the shed. You know, that stinking thing there. And, and bring it. We're going to wrap the sun in this. No. It doesn't say that. It says, get my best robe. Get the best. Get the best. What? He's just wasted everything. Yeah, yeah. But he's come back. He's come back. He's come back. He could have stayed. He could have, he, could have, he could have just died there in the wilderness. He could have just died. and He could have just done his own thing and just that's it. But he knew he had to come back to the dad, back to the father. And so here he comes in. And he was just willing just to do it, be a servant. He was willing not even to be uh, the son. Don't even look at me. Don't even give me any special privileges. I'll just you know, live in the shed and I'll just feed the pigs like all the servants, your servants do. But even, even they have got some things left. 
left over. They can't eat everything. It, he was so hungry. Really, that's what drove him back to the Father. It's amazing what, what God will use to bring you back to your first love, to Jesus. So he went and got the best robe, put it on his son, took the, the signet ring off of him that represented authority, put it on his son's fingers. And then he says, listen, we're going to have a party. Go out and get old Bessie, yeah, you know, three-legged, you know, one-eyed cow. You know, the one that's useless, the one that just hangs around, just can't do anything. Yeah, we're not going to sort of miss it. We're going we're gonna to kill it and, you know, we might be able to get some meat off it. No, no. He says, get the fatted calf. Get the fatted one. You know that really plump one, the one that just can, can fit through the gate? Get that one. Get that one because that's the best one. The best of the crop, the best of the herd, the best of the best. Bring it here. I am not sparing anything on my son. Bring, bring it in and we're going to have a huge party. So they do. There's music playing. They're, they're, they're feasting out on this. The other brother, uh-oh, we forgot about him. He <laughs> says he's out there working hard. And he hears the sound of music and revelry and, hey, what is going on here? He says to the servant, what's happening? Oh, hey, forgot to tell you, your brother's back. Your dad's chucking him a big party. You know the fatted calf? Not the fat, no, don't, not the fatted calf. The fatted calf, gone. <laughs> Beautiful. What? No one told me. I'm out slaving away. I'm out doing all this stuff. <laughs> he comes. He doesn't even go inside. He can't even force himself to go inside. So the father has to come out to him. And he tells him. And, 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 and the, the son says, well, listen, Dad, I have done all the right things. I've done everything right. Then everything correct. So you never gave me a fatted calf. You never chucked a party for me. He says, but son, you weren't lost. He says, son, you were always here with me. But your brother, your brother, he was lost, but now he's found. It says that he was out there doing his own thing, but now he realizes he needs to be in here. I feel like today, if we could stand right now, and shortly we're going to play a song from Hillsong called Bring Me to the Cross. But I believe that there's some decisions that need to be made this morning. That we have actually, some of us, we feel like in the Holy Spirit says, yep, man, I've walked away from God. I've been doing my own thing. There was a time maybe where I had made a commitment but now through time and travel and everything like that, you've lost sight of what God wanted you to do. You've lost sight even of hearing God and having that closeness that you once had. And I believe that we're going to open up this altar call here this morning.
This altar is where we get altered. This place where we come and we say, yep, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like Jacob. I forgot about you, Lord, but I'm coming back today. Or we might be like that son, the prodigal son. It's like, yep, I, I understand, but I'm coming back I'm coming back, and I tell you what, God has got his open arms here this morning. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how far you have gone away from God. He say, he's saying this morning, he never left you. And so what we're going to do this morning is that we're going to take a step and come down the front, and we're... We're saying, I'm coming back to my future. I'm coming back to my future. I'm coming back. I want to do what I did in the past where I had you as number one. Where everything else was pushed aside and I gave you the priority. I asked you what I needed to do. I didn't ask others. I didn't ask myself. I just didn't do it just because it was a good idea. Lord, today I come and I ask for forgiveness and I repent of my ways. And Lord, I come to do it your way this morning. That's this altar call this morning. Maybe you've never even given your life to the Lord and you want to know him. And you feel like, yep, I want to come for the very first time. I want you to come as well. But we're opening up this. This is, this is a, a multi-leveled <laughs> altar call this morning. For those ones who want more of God, you felt like you've just walked away and you're coming back because you realize you're not in alignment with God, with His will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to play this, this song. Thanks, Shanata. That's great playing. Thank you, Lord. Just look to the Lord this morning. Don't look to anyone else. Focus on Him. Yes, Lord. feel you want to make that decision right now you just want to make that public right now I'm coming to you coming back to the cross then just come down the front thank you Lord 
Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Yes, Lord. to you. Oh, lead me to the cross. 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 To lead me to the cross. I belong to you, Lord. I belong to you, Lord. Lead me to the cross. Hallelujah. Lord, yeah, let's just give the Lord a hand right now. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are leading us back to you. Back to the future, oh God. This is our future. Our future is in you. You've got everyone's future already planned, mapped out. And Lord, each one of us this morning, Father, I pray that we have made a new commitment, that we would not allow anything to get in the way of our relationship with you. And if we have, we will ask forgiveness, we'll repent, and we'll turn back to you. That's what repentance means, a turning from and turning back to God. So, Lord, I pray today that you would strengthen each and every one of us, that as we make this commitment, Lord, that we would be fair dinkum, that we would be uh, ones that would do what we have said that we would do. I thank you, Lord, that you are reminding of us, of your prophetic words over our lives. And even though it may not have come to pass, God, I pray today that you have not finished You will always do what you've said you would do. So, Lord, today we can take hope in that, that you haven't finished in our situation. But, God, today, just as Jacob, just as that prodigal son, we are coming back right now 
just as you said that to the church there in Ephesus in Revelation, Father, that they'd lost the first love. They've lost the depth of love. I pray today that you would stir that back up in us, that we would, that we would see you high and lifted up, that we would, be part more, we would partner more with you than we are of ourselves, that we'd ask you what we need to do, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us in everything that you called us to do, that we would just, wouldn't just go on a good idea, but we'll go on a God idea. So, Lord, today we say, have your way. Have your way in my life. I come back to you. I return back to my future because I know my future is in you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a shout this morning.